0: Welcome to email fraud detection sponsored by Proofpoint. Here's your host, John Thomas Flynn. Welcome and thanks for joining us. My guest today is Tony D'Angelo, Vice President of Federal for Proofpoint. Tony, we know that cybersecurity continues as a top issue across all government, federal, state, and local. But let's focus a little bit. What do you believe is the most significant cybersecurity challenge federal agencies are facing today?
1: Uh, thanks, John. Good to be with you today. Um, it's a good question. So uh, the, the biggest challenge I think federal, facing federal agencies today is, is, is securing their people. Um, we have this concept at Proofpoint, which we call VAPs, very attacked people, uh, which are not necessarily your VIPs. And we work with agencies to identify those people within their organizations. So the uh, the FBI has actually uh, coined a term called business email compromise, uh, which effectively is the uh, theft of, of 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 money from individuals and corporations across the globe. And they estimate that twelve and a half billion dollars have been stolen from from these from people in these organizations. And I, I would argue that that number could actually be higher, uh, given that many of these cyber crimes go unreported, and and a lot of that's due to Um, you know, fear of um, public embarrassment or concerns about backlash from consumers and litigators. Mm -hmm. We know that threat has been evolving, Tony, but looking back, how has the
0: overall security posture of government agencies changed over, say, the last several years?
1: Yeah, John, it's really the move to the cloud. Um, You know, after running their own data centers for decades, the move to the cloud changes everything, and uh, it forces them to rethink all of their cybersecurity initiatives Um, it's not business as usual. It's not simply, um, upgrading current technology, hardware, software, and the like. It's a completely different mindset. Uh, For example, Office 365 is currently the largest cloud application with over 100 million users and growing every day. And virtually every agency that we speak with, and I would estimate it, you know, somewhere north of 85 or even 90%, have either moved to Microsoft Office 365 or they have plans to do so. So uh, uh, what that means is your data is no longer sitting in a government data center. And so how do, you, how do you go about securing that? And we've seen some very successful credential phishing campaigns, which allow cyber criminals to gain access to accounts and sensitive information. Um, so with this data being off-site, that's really all that you need. You need someone's credentials, and you are effectively in. You are that person and uh, and going where you want to go.
0: You've also stated, and I think it really hits home, the issue that humans are easier to hack than computers. Is that at the core of why email is such an attractive avenue for cybercriminals?
1: Yeah, I, I would say it's, it's a couple of things. First first and foremost, it, it works, right? It's, it's, it's relatively easy for the cybercriminal to successfully hack an individual. I mean, they're relying on people to help unwittingly facilitate a crime. People are trusting by nature. They can easily be duped into opening malware, clicking on malicious, malicious links, entering login credentials, or other types of personal information. And the second piece of this is I would also suggest that the uh, the government over the years have done a really good job in securing infrastructure. So um, the uh, the attack vector through the network, through a firewall, um, has gotten a little more difficult, a little more complex. So the the hacker is, has shifted to the softer targets. Um, People are much harder to secure because we can operate at free will. We can click on things. We can open things. Um, we can be careless with uh, user credentials. And I think because of that, I think the, uh, the attack vector on people and through email is here to stay for a very long period of time. So the, the studies that, that we have seen are that over 93% of attacks are on people. And of the 93% of attacks on people, 96% of those come through email. So clearly, it's a very successful attack factor for the cyber criminal.
0: Tony, government knows the hackers are out there. Government knows they're constantly coming at them, and they know the attacks are there every day. So why are cyber attacks so hard to stop?
1: Yeah, I, I think mostly because the threat landscape is continually changing and evolving. So as uh, as uh, cybersecurity experts and and defenders of of the uh, the individual, um, we have to constantly adjust and and keep up with the attacks um you know in the in the in the war on terror it's often been said that um um we need to get it right every single time but the terrorist only needs to get it right once and that's it's similar from from the cyber criminals perspective right we need to be right every single time they need to be right one time in order to to uh, hijack those credentials and be able to move at, at free will inside of an organization. Um, and, and the attack through email just works. Uh, people are fallible. There will always be somebody who will unwittingly click, open an email on a link, enter their credentials into a fake website and so on. And it's uh, it will continue because it's lucrative, as, as we've talked about earlier, to the tune of you know $12.5 billion as per FBI studies.
0: Focusing a little bit here, what is so different between what the hackers are after in terms of government versus what they're after in the private sector?
1: So that's a really good question because it's, it is dramatically different. So in the private sector, it's primarily a financial play. They're looking for credit card information, personal information for identity theft, and of course, stealing money by pretending to be a work colleague or business partner of the victim and having them wire funds to that cyber criminals bank account. But in the Fed, it has more to do with the theft of, of government secrets or intellectual property. Uh, And recently, there's been a lot of talk about election rigging, right? So these are things that continue to come up. Much of these attacks are state-sponsored by unfriendly foreign governments, um, whereas some of the other attacks on individuals outside the public sector may not uh, be—they can be state-sponsored, but many of them are individuals just looking to pad their own bank accounts. So uh, as an example— uh, and of IP theft it may not even be the federal agency itself, but may be a partner to the government like a defense contractor. I've heard many government cyber experts say that there's a reason why some foreign fighter jets look eerily similar to those of the United States Air Force and other defense agencies. It's likely because a state sponsored bad threat actor targeted one of these VAPs, these very attacked people, either by stealing their credentials impersonating a coworker and asking for design documents you know, for this you know, aircraft in question. And there are su- solutions today that, that can stop those attacks. One of the other things that we see with these, these VAPS, these very attacked people, um, as I mentioned earlier, it's not necessarily the VIPs in an organization. When we do um, a study for an agency and show them their people, we can show them the types of attacks that they're seeing and the numbers of attacks that each individual is seeing coming through email. And oftentimes it's an eye-opening experience because it may not be uh, a, an executive inside of an agency, but oftentimes it's the administrative assistant of that executive in the agency that could be a factor of 10 uh, in terms of the number of attacks on, that, uh, on, on him or her. So it's, uh, when, when we have that intel, we can create programs and put policies in place using cyber technology to, to, to stop the, uh, those attacks coming through email. Well, I think no discussion
0: of cybersecurity is complete without addressing the funding challenges, particularly in government. I recall when I was CIO for the state of California leading up to the year 2000 and how we had to prioritize all spending toward mitigation efforts. For cybersecurity, it's like a potential Y2K every day. What are the new spending and priority strategies you recommend for federal agencies?
1: Well, I I think if you asked every CISO uh, if they had enough budget for cybersecurity, they would all tell you no. And in many cases, that's probably a true statement. But I would suggest that the analysis of budget allocation is a very worthwhile exercise. So we talked about uh, over 90% of attacks being on people and 96% of those attacks actually being through email. But if you look at studies, it shows that agencies spend roughly 62% of their budget on network security on securing the infrastructure, but only 8% on email, and then the remaining portion goes to uh, to web and, and endpoint security. So I'm not suggesting that because over 90% of the attacks come through email that you put 90% of the budget on it, but right now it's, cl- it's clearly imbalanced and could use some, probably some, some reallocation. Again, uh, given that a lot of the network infrastructure security has been, has been very successful, and the number of attacks on network infrastructure has diminished dramatically over the past five years or so. Um, also, uh, one of the things I, I, I see is we see agencies are still using too many different cyber vendors. And there isn't one vendor that can do everything, um, but a single vendor in a major category makes a lot of sense. For example, you don't need four or five vendors just for email security, particularly when the solutions tend to work together as a single system uh, to analyze, identify, block, and remediate threats. So when you have one vendor that can perform all those functions, the uh, the systems inside typically uh, will are, are very, very connected, and having disparate uh, vendors in that one particular category does not necessarily... Um, provide some useful gains. Best of breed in that particular scenario is, is not a, an effective gain for stopping a lot of the attacks. And finally, Tony, to wrap it all up, what steps should agency
0: take to strengthen their cybersecurity posture in 2019?
1: So another really good question, John. And they're already doing some great things to secure their people in the form of mandates. As an example, uh, in October of 2017, the Department of Homeland Security released a mandate um, known as Binding Operational Directive 18-01, and, and what that is, it was to force the civilian government agencies to implement DMARC, which is a, a technology to, um, uh, uh, to authenticate email. So effectively, what, what it does is it prevents the cyber criminal from pretending to be you or me. Uh, and hijacking someone's email and 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 trying to uh, effectively um, steal money or technology inside of an agency. Uh, it also prevents uh, that that hacker from pretending to be you out in the wild, and and as an example, maybe a uh, pretending to be a staffer for a congressman and seeking campaign donations out into the into the, the private sector. So DMARC would effectively stop that as well, and would also stop the the use of um, fake uh, email domains, which um, you know can can be a big problem where somebody may change a, a single letter or add a number to the end of what looks like a, a very legitimate and popular domain and, uh, and then and dupes the, um, the user into clicking or entering their credentials or something to that effect. Um, and then, so I, I think uh, the other benefit is DOD has recently adopted this same mandate. So uh, the new CIO for the Department of Defense, Dana Deasy, recently put out a letter mandating for the entire Department of Defense the same adoption of DMARC technologies. So I think it's a great first step in, in trying to secure email. The one problem and one thing that I would love to see the government change is these mandates typically come without funding or centralized management. So um, if you talk to people on the inside of the government, they, they call these you know mandates without teeth. So you get to the end of the uh, time period at which they're supposed to be implemented and you typically do not have 100% adoption because that agency doesn't have the funds, uh, the people or the expertise in many cases. So we'd we'll love to see those things consolidate. I think that would be a great first step. Additionally, as we talked about, I think I would uh, reallocate budgets to increase the spend on email, something greater than 8%. Focus on the the VAPs and not just the VIPs. And then um, security awareness training. We're seeing a tremendous growth in this in the federal government. Uh, you have to assume that somebody is always going to click. Open, open the, the piece of malware, click on the URL, um, go to the, the wrong site and enter their credentials. And, and with security awareness training, an agency can identify who um, some of the more vulnerable, more fallible uh, employees are inside the organization, customize, tailor training for those individuals, and uh, and if we, we work it on the front end to stop the attacker coming through the front door with with known and unknown attacks and with a lot of the cyber technology, we can also uh, help shore that up on the back end by by having the individuals who are the primary, primary attack factors be a little more educated and a little more aware of what it is that they're seeing and what they could potentially be exposing themselves to.
0: It makes a lot of sense, Tony. And on that, we'll close our discussion. I'd like to thank my guest today, Tony D'Angelo, Vice President of Federal for Proofpoint. I'm John Thomas Flynn on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. Thank you, John. Great to be with you today. Thank you for listening to email fraud detection sponsored by Proofpoint. To learn more
1: about Proofpoint's email protection and security services, visit them at Proofpoint.com.